What are you doing? Fixing my Uggs because the, the insert. You got house slippers? You fancy. I don't know, Alicia. You fancy. You're really funny right now. You taking my capsule wardrobe tips to heart when I said, don't be wearing holy stuff around the house. Alicia's like, nope. I wear Uggs around the house. I got a fancy robe. These are so old. Let me tell you, these are so old. But it's okay because if they're still in good condition, that's what's great about buying quality. You could say, oh, these are so old and they're still good, you know? Mm, I need an insert. Anyway, mama, are we going to do this? Yeah, let's do this real quick. Ready? Three, two, one. Welcome to Tio of Interiors, a holistic approach to interior design. Enjoying the podcast? Support our podcast with a small monthly donation to support future episodes. Click the support this podcast link in our show notes. Now, we appreciate your support. It is essential to our success. Thank you so much for listening. Now, back to the show. I'm Dee. And I'm Alicia. And thanks for joining us for another episode of Tea Over Interiors, guys. We're so happy to see you. Today, we're going to be talking about curb appeal. Yes. We'll get to that. Would you say, Alicia? No, that's good because we are embarking upon that season. So, yeah, I'm excited about this conversation today. All right. So before we get to that, Alicia, you know I need to know, girl, what you sipping on? I'm having the buttered rum. I let it steep a little more, and it is a very nice, it's a little bit of a nutty flavor to it. So I'm drinking, but it, giving it another chance, giving it another shot. Well, that's good because I'm giving almond spice another chance because I know the first time I drank it, I wasn't too impressed. I felt like I didn't taste anything, and I did steep it for as long as they said. But this time I steeped it overnight, and I added a little more. I added a healthy teaspoon. So I'm thinking that's why it, I can taste it more. So I do like the almond spice. So that's what I'm sipping on. <laughs> yes. So. So let's get on, to it. On to today's topic: curb appeal. Excited about it. Yes. Yeah, curb appeal. Okay. So you know, we're a holistic interior design approach podcast. So we're always talking about how things make you feel in your home. After a long day, Alicia. I know when you pull up to your driveway and you see your house with the lights on. I know you're like, oh look at my house waiting to greet me. I do feel that way. Imagine having a bad day and pulling up to your house and the roof shingles are hanging, the the address numbers are fading, the door paint is chipping, your house paint is chipping, and you know you want to get these things taken care of. That just makes your day even worse. You walk, you drive up, and you're like, ugh. It doesn't make the day better. So that's why we're talking about curb appeal. Curb appeal is not for when you're staging, not just for when you're staging your home for sale, but it's really for you. Yes, your neighbors will love to look at your beautiful house, but this is really all about you and your family and how you feel when you pull up to your house every day. I gotta tell you, you really wanna make sure that your house number is very visible. 
There's nothing worse than someone looking for your house to make a delivery and they have no idea what number the house is. They have to look at the houses next to you, to the right and to the left or across the street to figure out what your house number is. And it's a guessing game. So if you want your packages delivered to the right house, make sure that your house number is very, very clear. And I think the house numbers can also have a personality. So I think it's important to research what type of look you want, what type of house numbers you want, and make sure that they're very, very prominent and invisible. Find a spot for them that no one could miss it. I have tips to quickly transform your curb appeal. Oh, I'm excited. Let's hear. Yeah. So the first thing would be your front door. Your front door is the focal point. So go pick a fun color that matches nicely with your home and just go for it. You could try any color. You know, there's these pinks we saw today. Calamine pink. That's a cute color for your door if you have a white house. You know, you could do orange. You could do greens. You could do reds. There's so many paint options out there. Just try one. Just give one a try and really make that front door pop and make sure it's a color that you would love to see every day that you come home. That's one thing. The door is your focal point. Or you can buy a beautiful bespoke wooden door. Like if you have an arts and crafts home, maybe you want to get like a wooden door that's, you know, customized or whatever. Have fun with it. But yes, your front door, which leads me to my second tip. Replace the old hardware. Now, you have your entry light by your front door. Change those if they're old. Change your lock set if it, you know, is not really doing much to the house. Buy something kind of fancy. Change your mailbox if it's wall mounted or even if your mailbox is not wall mounted. But here's the trick. You want them all to be the same color. Don't mix and match. The reason why is because your house is the largest part and it's one color or whatever and that's your base color these are your accent colors and when you have a strong accent color it really makes it pop against the house so if you have a more contemporary home i would go with a brush nickel finish on those items lock set wall mailbox if you have one light fixtures that are around the house planters if you have enough room to have planters by your door then make everything the same color because that concentration of color gives a nice accent if you have a more traditional home go with a brush bronze i love brush bronze okay so that leads to my next tip number three create symmetry if you can by your front door it is so pleasing to the eye when things are symmetrical and it's the easiest thing for you to do if you're not good at creating asymmetrical compositions, then symmetry is the way to go. It looks more beautiful. It's traditional, but it looks very well put together and it'll create an instant wow factor. Now that leads to number four, the porch. Or if you have like a little porch area in the front of your house, a large area, wraparound porch, whatever, let's put some porch furniture there and let's have that furniture match all the fixtures that are outside your house doesn't have to be exact but they should be very close in hue in order to give it that pop and if you have a rocking chair on the front porch which is so nice if you have a rocking chair you know you want to do an accent color in the rocking chair something fun maybe some white cushions maybe some colored cushions but keep the base of everything that you're putting out 
about the same color, you know, the planters, the furniture, but the flowers can be whatever color you want it to be. That's your accent to help bring those colors alive. I wanted to discuss some of the stuff that it's not hard to do. You may have to plan them because they are structural. And that would be having boulders or nice large rocks delivered to your house. because Nobody can pick those up. They help to create a very organic and natural looking hardscape. And the hardscape is basically the, the bones of the, the landscaping like the skeleton you know you want to have stuff there that kind of suggests stability and solidness things that will make your house feel substantial and solid not just a quick fix type of thing so you do want to plan that also an arbor or an arched entryway to the side of the house gates that allow access to the driveway if you have a long driveway. So to kind of create presence with the hardscaping and architectural elements will over time give you a foundation for adding in the landscaping. Number five, that's the walkway. Lighting is so important, especially for your safety and security. And plus, if you're like me, you might be a little clumsy. So you want to make sure at night you can see your way. <laughs> so if you can hardwire lighting, great. If you can't, there's solar lighting. Solar lighting is not as bright, but if you put enough, you'll be able to see the path and also accent those trees. Why? Because people like to hide behind trees. We're talking about safety here. Trees can be dark at night, especially depending on the size of your trees. So you might want to light up those shrubs. You might want to light up those trees with some accent lighting. And plus, it looks more beautiful and no one's going to want to come on your front porch that doesn't belong there because you got all this light going on. Plus, you got your ring camera or whatever else you got outside that's monitoring your home. Nobody's going to want to come there unless you, they've been invited. Lighting, yes, the walkway but and the trees, but the actual face of the house and the sides of the house, not just for security, but like you, you've seen up lights. But if you literally just kind of light the house, I've seen that done so effectively that it makes the house feel kind of stately when you want to make sure that the house is visible. I haven't done that yet. And I do intend to do it at some point. You can do them with solar. Usually they're, they're typically hardwired, but you can do that with solar lighting nowadays as well. So number six, container gardens. If you have the space, go ahead and create your little garden. You don't have to put it in the ground. You can go out to a nursery, buy some beautiful containers of all different sizes with different plants, and you could create a little garden in your front area there to create some nice curb appeal. And those are my tips. I always like to put perennials. If you use party zone specific plantings, then you don't have to worry about doing it every year. Every now and again, you can pop in annuals for some different color, but your evergreens and your shrubbery and your perennial flowers and plants that will come back every year, those are the sort of things that you want to invest in and you want to figure out where those are going to be. They can be moved later if you change your mind, but, you know, back to the hardscaping thing, you want to make sure that even your planting beds that are around the house, either in the front of the house or along your walkway, 
try to border those with stones or some sort of structural element that will just line the bed so that even if you don't have the opportunity to fill them all up this year, you could always add progressively. I think it's really important to garden progressively and to create a look over time. If you just like hurry up and put it all down right away, I think most of the time, and I believe this about the inside of the house as well, I mean, you could always move them. It's just a lot of work, but you don't want to try to do the whole thing in one day. I think that kind of takes the joy out of creating a nice landscape. I know a lot of people go for, instead of grass seeds, they'll go for putting down turf, sod. I like that because it's a green right away look, but it also does take a lot of work to maintain that green because if you're not watering it constantly, sod will go brown quickly. I think window boxes are also a nice and pleasant thing to do. They give an opportunity for pops of color or either some architectural grasses or vines. The color that can come out of a window box, it's just an opportunity for fun, you know? And it can make you very happy when you look at a house that has a really well-positioned window box and has lovely things coming from it and in it. And to add like a metal trellis or some type of metal structure that you could put annual vines on. I think the vines that stay on the house in the winter time and die off, they don't look so great. But if you could have an annual vine, something that you start in the beginning of the season and it climbs on that trellis and maybe has even flowers, that's a beautiful look. What do you think about those vines being like fruit vines, like strawberries? Oh, that'd be great. That's awesome. But, you know, this is also important to make sure that those fruit vines or something like that have the proper lighting, you know, sunlight, because the front of my house can be extremely shady. So you need shade tolerance. And most fruits require a lot of sunlight. Yeah, those are my big go-to things that I believe influence the way the house feels when you approach it, whether it's someone else looking at it or you. And I think ultimately it's you that you want to please. It's not the, the neighbors or, you know, the visitors. You want to feel good when you drive up to your home. You want to feel like it's a special place that you've curated and you've created and made special for you and your family. Exactly. Because they don't pay the rent. You do. Or is this true? Or the mortgage. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Good tips. I love those. I love the way the front of your house looks at night. I think you need to get like a professional photography done so we can share it because it looks so nice. It's very inviting. When I get some, some professional photography money... <laughs> Maybe I can get that done. I would love to do that that lighting of the front of the house, though. I think that would be really good. You have LED lights or stuff that you can use your, you know, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi enabled lights. So you could, you know, I, I should look into that. Oh, you did you talk about painting your house over? I did it. But, you know, that's a that's a you mentioned it, too. You want to make sure that the house has got a crisp coat of paint on it. It could be every five to six years. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. And in between, you want to power wash it every season. Right. Now, houses, <laughs> they don't cost $2 to paint. So you got to make sure that you use the very, very best paint that mm -hmm. you're going to afford. Because it will, like a really good exterior house paint, and it also has a lot to do with where your house is located. Houses mm -hmm. on the water, the ocean, get a beating. Mm -hmm. So it will be more often that you have to paint it. Because that's sea salt air. That's no joke. But 
if it's in the mountains, then you're going to get a lot of, you know, harsh, cold and ice and all of that. So you just have to be mindful of where your house is. If it's in, you know, a hot area, arid, really dry area, the desert, you know, just be mindful. That's why a lot of people build the building materials and the architectural materials that are used for structures in those areas are usually conducive to the the longevity of the structure. So like I have a stucco and siding property, you know, it's a combination of two different materials. And, you know, I live in the Northeast, so it gets very cold here. Great information. So guys, send us your photos. What does your house look like on the outside? We'd love to see it. Hello at teoverinteriors.com or add us on Instagram at Shrewsdale Morrison Design. We'd love to see it and we will reshare. So until next time, guys, we'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.